0: Money was tight when we were growing up, so we know the value of the money. The whole point for us was to accumulate money for good reasons. We are keeping it aside for the education, for maybe the house, for something else. So not spending it right away was always on cards. But the other thing uh, I want to add on that is like, why we're not taking the money out was, if you remember that time, The interest rates, like you said, there was no commercial loans. There was no commercial 30-year loan programs. All the products which we were investing or getting loans are five-year fixed balloon loans.
1: Welcome to the Cash Flow for Life podcast. We believe there are two types of people in this world. People that have greater cash flow coming in every single month or people who have cash flow going out. We believe you need to be the type of person that has cash flow coming in and that is what this podcast is all about. Our mantra is simple. If you take care of real estate for the first five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. If you're looking to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Andrew Holmes, a renowned expert in the field, is your guide on this journey. Andrew is the driving force behind National RE Invest, the largest real estate investors association in the United States. Together, we're here to help you build wealth and create more cash flow in your life. Let's get into the show.
2: Today, I am thrilled to be joined by my incredible business partner, Rahul Visal, a seasoned real estate investor. Together, we speak about the crucial role of having a supportive partner in the entrepreneurial journey, especially in the dynamic world of real estate investing. I'll be sharing my personal experiences shedding light on how Rahul's unwavering belief in me and our partnership became a cornerstone in building a thriving business. We'll explore the evolution of our venture spanning a decade. From the initial struggles to the establishment of a mature and successful partnership, Rahul opens up about his background as a mechanical engineer at Caterpillar and his transition into the realm of real estate investing. Together, we'll reminisce about the early days of our partnership, detailing our strategic approach to property investment with a keen focus on affordable properties in promising neighborhoods. We underscore the importance of a long-term investment mindset, steering clear of the temptation to indulge in personal expenses. Instead, we share insights on the power of reinvesting cash flow back into the business. But that's not all, we shift our focus to the present and future of our business, contemplating strategies to strengthen our portfolio by upgrading to superior properties and exploring new markets such as short-term and mid-term rentals. So whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting in the world of entrepreneurship, buckle up for an insightful conversation. Listen in as we share our experiences, strategies, and future plans. This is an episode you won't want to miss.
3: Hey, Cashflow Squad, welcome to It's All About Cashflow. So this would be a really, really fun episode because uh, I don't know about you, but for most people when you start, right, you need somebody, you, need, uh, you don't know that you need a business partner, but you need somebody in your life that kind of believes in you when you don't believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, uh, it helps that person and it helps you build a great business. For me, that happened to be uh, Rahul. And so today we're going to be kind of talking to him a little bit about journey, a little bit about all the trials and tribulations, uh, meaning how did you build it? And then uh, where the business is today? And then what does a mature business relationship look like? And then where do you go from there? Right? Because it's been 10 plus years. And then where is the business going for him today? So, Raul,
0: uh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, Andrew, thank you. Thank you for having me. And like you said, it's the same thing on my end. Uh, when this whole partnership started, uh, it was like I had no no clue about real estate. Can't just spell real estate too. That's where the Andrew comes into the picture and he tells me how I can do this income, how I can do the the passive cash flow, which is coming the, these days. I had no clue how to build that. And so that's how he came in.
3: So let's go back for a second, Raul. Just really briefly, at mm-hmm. the time uh, when we met, right? I mean, we met, sometimes like, life is a uh, series of coincidences, right? We used to go play Batman, yes. right? And mm-hmm. a mutual friend is like, yeah. hey, you should talk. Uh, and that's kind of how we got introduced. So um, what happened exactly in terms of where were you at the time in your life? What was your job? What were you doing? And why real estate at that time?
0: So when I met you, this was like back in, uh, back in 2010, I was working for Caterpillar. So my job was, I'm uh, a mechanical engineer and I was working for CAT for maybe 10 to 12 years by that time. Uh, The whole corporate career, um, that was my profile, was saving money and I was trying to find out a way to invest it somewhere. And that's where real estate came into picture. Um, How it came is because I decided actually to go back to India. I was here in the United States for maybe 15 years. And I decided to go back and I wanted to sell the house. And that's where our friend basically said, okay, Andrew is a real estate agent. Why don't you ask him? Like he might be able to sell the property. Um, That's how I could start, I started working with you on the real estate part of it. So year-wise, I want
3: to kind of put the date to this. So Mm -hmm. this is sometime around uh, 2010, right? End of 2010. And uh, if you guys remember the market, right? It was a tough market. And I had started uh, doing, flips in 2008. 2008, I did uh, 10 flips, 2009, about 30, 2010, about 60. And what I'd realized was I got into flipping because I wanted to invest, not trade houses, right? Flipping is just trading houses. It's another job where you're buying a house, fixing it, hopefully reselling it for a profit, right? That's trading houses. no different than when you're a real estate agent, you're earning a commission, meaning you're running on a treadmill. And I was tired Of running on a treadmill. And so my idea was hey, what if rather than selling a few of the houses, what if I could keep it? And really, that's where Rahul came in the picture because, and this is something that is important to understand that if you tell somebody, right, if they're a Christian, you say, hey, man, we're going to go have Bible study on the weekend. Guess what? They're going to be all happy, right? You tell somebody who likes to save money, we're going to buy houses, we're going to refinance all the cash out. We're going to have a bunch of equity and we're going to keep all the cash flow. We're never going to spend it. right? right? That's music to somebody's ear, somebody with Rahul's profile. So did that whole idea initially make sense to you? Because you were looking for different things to do. It was a coincidence where we start talking. And did that whole thing make sense that is this really possible?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because my whole focus that time was my 9 to 5 job was paying my bills, but I'm not making any, uh, anything out of like uh, from my other, other time to get the money to the next level. So the whole point for me was to save the money, invest it somewhere. My, my kids were young that time. So the, uh, my, my thinking was, I have 7 to 8 years before they go to college, so how I can make up that money for the college? And real estate was the one thing which came through. that Okay, if I invest in right now, and that's what you said. We can invest right now, start buying properties and don't touch the cash flow. the money stays there, and maybe in five six, seven years I would be able to sell those houses to to pay for the education that's why it actually timing was perfect when you started saying those things right
3: and at the time I needed somebody that had a w two right because nobody would give me a loan, not because necessarily I had bad credit um, uh, but uh, and not that I didn't have a little bit of cash, right mm-hmm. I was using the cash from the flips but The problem was at that time, you didn't have commercial product available. You didn't have the residential product available to do rental. Only product was a portfolio loan at the time and they would not give me a portfolio loan because I didn't have a W-2, right? And I used Rahul's W-2 and credit to be able to build up a 50-50 partnership where we're going to own the properties 50-50, we're not going to use the cash flow. I mean, good old school way of investing and then in five years, six years, we can have five, six, eight properties paid off. So let's really quick explain the first two properties. And then mm-hmm. we'll kind of fast forward um, because today it's 160, 180 properties plus counting, right? So uh, the first two properties, uh, small little condos, yeah. right? A townhouse type of product. Uh, what were those two properties bought for?
0: So that time, uh, 35,000 was the, it was MLS properties. And- the market was uh, very down and uh, these are a condo, which are like, you have special entries like the four fourplex properties, uh, $35,000 each. each. Yeah, so, and was this was two is, bedroom, one was three yeah, bedroom. This is so. kind of the
3: Northwestern suburbs, great right. suburb of Chicago. So this is not, you're not buying in the hood, you're buying a no. great location. And uh, rehab wise, another 20, 25,000 spent. Yeah, so
0: the numbers wise, if I want to go through the entire thing, we bought for 35 each. We put total like 20000 each. So you're coming at somewhere into total of $110,000 for two properties. Right. Uh, that was the total expense to get it ready for rental. Right. That was the that was total project. And then you
3: refinanced the yes. entire
0: amount out. We actually refinanced little. I mean, we could have refinanced more because after the properties were done, uh, the appraisals came very high as compared to what we bought for. So total money we could have got is one hundred and twenty. We are all in 110 and 120 was the cash, cash out refinance uh, we could get. And
3: then the money, extra money, we didn't go spend that, right? right? Uh, we basically just put it in that account. And this is a basic philosophy that if you're ever uh, around us here, what we try to teach, what we try to uh, live our life is one thing we have never done, right? In the last 11 years, 12 years uh, that we've had any properties that we've owned, we've never taken the cash flow. not I I can say this with a straight face. Mm -hmm. Never $1 ever of hundreds and hundreds of houses and spent it on personal expenses, right? That's probably one thing that Rahul and I have always had this one thing that, hey man, we're not spending it for personal stuff. So let me explain that. It's important to understand. What I mean by that is we'll buy more houses with it. We'll buy... Uh, more, will spend it on, say, you need rehabs, right? So you have 100,000 in a rental account, you buy more house with it, or you spend it on rehabs. Anything that is needed with growth of the business, right? Properties that uh, Rahul and I own, that is okay. Going and buying a nice luxury car is not okay. If Rahul wants to pay for his kid's education, that is not okay. Not that it can't be done, right? Oh. I mean, obviously that's why we built the whole portfolio, But it's important to understand that it's there. Tomorrow, life, you never know, right? Something shows up. But um, was that a philosophy that appealed to you? Because initially, your wife, Varsha, she had no idea what you were doing. She was in India. You're investing here. Did that appeal to her? Because a lot of times in kidding manner, right? You're very frugal with money, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I call you cheap all the time. But I mean, you're frugal with money, right? It didn't come the easy way. So you don't want to waste it. Right? Was she on board with the same thing uh, that, hey, let's not send it and let's just kind of tuck it away?
0: Yeah. So basically she came from similar background, like uh, like where I come from. So uh, money was tight when we are growing up. So we know the value of the money. So the whole point for us was to accumulate money for good reasons. It's, we are keeping it aside for the education, for maybe the house, for something else. So not, not the not spending it right away was always on cards but the other thing uh, I want to add on that is like why we are not paying off or why we're not taking the money out was if you remember that time the the interest rates like you said there was no commercial loans there was no commercial 30 year loan programs there was no residential 30 year loan programs all the products which we were investing or getting loans are 5 year fixed balloon loans so if you buy property in 2011 in 2016 the balloon loan is up. So if the interest rates have gone up like it was just before, like two years back in 2007 or eight, the interest rates were eight and a half or 7.8 point something. So that was always on my mind. That's why I wanted to preserve that cash. So if something happens, then we don't lose the houses because right. that's what we all earned in those five, six years.
3: So the idea, right, the t-shirts that we're wearing is two, five, seven cash flow, yeah. which is two years, five properties, and have them all paid off in seven, right? I mean, today, when you say that two years, five properties, get them paid off in seven, you're right, uh, two, five, seven cash flow for life, it makes sense. They're like, oh my God, this is genius. Sometimes, you know, things happen in life, which you don't plan for, but because of the set of circumstances that existed at that time, uh, what happened was that we had, so the whole idea, right? We have the uh, t-shirts on for two, five, seven cash flow, which is two, four, uh, two years, five properties, Have all the properties paid off in seven years? So think about it. Um, In 2011, we're doing a five-year balloon uh, mortgage, right, Uh, with a 25-year AM, right? So you have 25-year amortization, five-year balloon. What happens if four or five? We have five, six, seven properties, and in four or five years, the interest rates reset, and you have 10, 12 percent interest rates. Now in 2000, today it sounds funny. Um, but in 2011, we didn't know. We were scared. Right. We didn't want to lose a property, right? We we're, were pretty conservative in terms of the style of investing, and I'd seen a lot of people go through some terrible times. So the deal was, I'm like, hey, Rahul, man, this is on your credit, right? I never want you to be in a difficult position, and I never want to be responsible for it. So what we're going to do is keep the cash flow, and we take the cash flow and just do heavy paydowns right? So maybe in four or five years, we can have two or three of these properties paid off, right? And now if we fast forward it, five years down the road in 2015 or 16, the interest rate, instead of being six, it was down to five, right? right? So we could refinance the properties again. And that simple idea, the idea was, hey, we're going to buy, I still remember, Rahul used to drive this green Honda and I used to try to tell him, hey man, I mean, you have some money now, get rid of it. So I crashed it for him. So he, instead of you know, getting rid of it, he got it fixed. But I mean, the funny thing—I mean, I never forget this incident. About <laughs> six, seven o'clock at night, maybe Rahul was done with Caterpillar in the evening, and we're driving around somewhere around Roselle, Schomburg area, right? And I'm like, hey, you know, dude, one day Rahul is a lot of a um, uh, very much of a realist, right? I'm very much of a person who's pie in the sky, right? Because I look at always big ideas. That's how my brain works. And I still remember making a statement to Rahul. I'm like, you know, around Roselle, around Schomburg, blah blah. One day we're going to own five houses, right? And they're going to be all cash, cash properties, yeah. right? We're gonna, and Rahul laughs, and hey, Andrew, man, you're dreaming, right? Because he's a realist, mind you, right? He's like, dude, we just have two or three uh, condos at this point, And it's funny, right? Yet today, right? I mean, five or 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 or 100 houses, it's like, it, it's no big deal, yes. right? And sometimes, like the the, you know the old proverb is a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step, right? And literally, it's like a lot of times we don't see the very 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 humble beginnings of where we all start. And I, I have to tell you this funny incident. So Rahul's house is on the market, then it doesn't sell. He gets it rented, so he's staying at my townhouse at the time. And I like to cook. So I'm cooking every day. He's looking up MLS properties, sitting on the dinner table. And he's like, hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? Yeah. And then his job was to do the dishes, right? So we're living like college roommates, like literally. And, um, and then at 10, 11 o'clock at night, we would go look at properties uh, with a flashlight that are coming up to auction the next day, right? I mean, uh, at the time, um, I don't, I don't know what exactly was going on. I was clearly very, very tight. And twice, my electricity was cut off. This is, I mean, Rahul will, uh, you know, is a God's honest witness. Yeah. And we pulled the extension cord from the neighbor next door, right? I mean, it's embarrassing to admit it. It's God, this, yeah. is, this is God's honest truth, right? And the reason I bring that up is, guys, listen, doesn't matter where we are today, right? We all have a very, very humble beginning. So let's fast forward, right? Today, 200 plus properties owned. What does the business look like today? I mean, what are, your, what are your plans? You obviously have a lot of properties that we own together. I'm buying a lot of properties. You're buying a lot of properties. Uh, you're building in Florida. We're all as a group building in Florida. Number one, where is the business today? And number two, well, I'll ask the second question, which will be lessons learned from yeah. all of this. Right. So where... Is your personal business today, where is our business as a business partners today?
0: So uh, what happened is like in last 10 years, obviously we have learned a lot of things. We have a lot of resources now. We can actually buy better, bigger, and nicer uh, properties as compared to what we used to buy 10 years back. So the whole point right now is uh, in my terms is making making the portfolio more robust. So take out the properties which were not working well. They all work in a way, but like some areas sometimes doesn't work. Or the, the asset, uh, asset type, which we are initially buying because of the uh, lack of cash or lack of resources, now we can actually afford a better and bigger properties. And as the new markets are opening up, especially with the, uh, with the short-term rentals, mid-term rentals, now we can actually buy properties in a nicer suburb with a higher amount or higher price point. Because you get more revenue back, which we always ignored in last uh, last ten years, we just started doing that. So as the uh, last year, so as the prog- as we progress, the whole point right now for me, at least, is uh, to get more and more A and B properties, A and B area properties, where uh, I can do short term rentals, I can do midterm rentals, and these are the properties which you never have to sell because these are properties like if people understand the Chicago area is properties in Schaumburg, properties in Hinsdale, properties in very 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 nice suburbs where you want to own those and then just you don't have to sell any time right uh, so whole focus right now is to making the portfolio better taking off the things which shouldn't work or or they are at a point where you can actually pay off or take cash out from there and use that to invest in something better because of bigger uh, better resources we have at our disposal right now
3: so i didn't cover this but i want to kind of go back uh, right a little bit uh which is that we were doing Small little townhouses, small little condos initially, right? right? Because that's all, I mean, literally we're buying, if a property was 55, 60 in a good suburb, we're talking about, right? Uh, In not A suburb, but in a B suburb, nice solid suburbs of Chicago, right? Um, And we could pick up properties 30, 40, 45, 50,000, like 60,000 was high, right? For a three bedroom, two and a half bath, nice townhouse at the time, 62, we couldn't afford, we could afford 60,000, right? And I mean, it kind of, it's funny looking back at it today, um, but so that was kind of what we we're buying. Then the model always was to buy properties, no condos with a hallway, because right. condos with hallways in the suburbs of Chicago did not sell well. Downtown is very different, but we were in suburbs of Chicago. So only like four unit buildings where you have, you know, which is called a quadplex, right? So you're buying one uh, basically unit with the front entry door, right? That sort of a thing is all. So you're opening, you're right in the property, that sort of thing. And then we went to simple three bedroom, one bath, uh, two bedroom, one bath houses, right? That, so we have a portfolio where 95%, 98% is all single family properties, right? right. There are a few properties that are uh, multi-unit building, right? Now the multi-unit buildings, they perform very well once they're set. Right now, looking back at it, and this is where I want to talk about lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Right today, with a few hundred properties owned, right, um, and the 19,000 plus properties that mastery people that we get to work with, help, teach, coach, guide through this whole experience. Uh, if I was to ask you, if you had to redo it over again, all over again, right, what is the singular type of properties you would buy knowing what you know today, right? what would you go with? Would you go multifamily route or would you go
0: purely the single family route? Uh, For me, it's single family because if I look at the, so we own, like he said, condos, single family houses. We have some of the two flats, some of the three flats. Uh, So we have like all types of residential properties which we own right now. And we have good data of maybe 10 years. If I look at at those properties and see the revenue model, like how much a, a certain property made money, it's hands down single family house. Uh, if I can get three bedroom, one and a half bath uh, ranch houses, I'll take thousands of right. I mean, that's, uh, the, that's the best product because uh, it's the those are the pro- properties in the nicer suburbs. Those are the properties where you get nicer tenants who wants to live there long time, which is which is good for your rental portfolio. And if you look at the numbers wise, they hold their numbers good. So once you pay off the properties, like a lot of our properties are paid off at this stage. They, they are, they're, uh, they're keeping that number high, and as the market goes up, goes up, the good area properties, the property prices are really high.
1: Are you enjoying the show thus far? You know what they say, knowledge is not power, but rather, it's the application of knowledge that is power. That's why we are excited to announce the new dates for our Build Your Empire three-day conference and property tour. At this game-changing event, you'll discover how to build lasting wealth with real estate. Learn step-by-step methods, avoid common mistakes, and get insights from dozens of real estate and financial experts. If you are listening to the podcast, you know that real estate is a team sport, and we're here to introduce you to the local pros who can help you every step of the way. This event is your opportunity to walk through active real estate deals in Chicago and nearby neighborhoods. And the best part is, you can either attend live or virtually. Go to andrewhomesevents.com and get your early bird tickets now. At the event, you'll see properties being transformed into flips, rentals, or wholesale properties, giving you a rare and valuable learning experience outside the classroom. Meet and learn from successful students who've profited from our mentorship. Hear their stories and struggles, and discover how you can follow in their footsteps, regardless of your background or experience, and so much more. We also have a VIP package that will give you access to our exclusive networking sessions and an opportunity to connect and meet with Andrew himself. Plus, we even give you a hot lunch all of the days you are there. For more information and to secure your spot, visit andrewhomesevents.com. We sell out every time, so don't miss this opportunity to transform your real estate career. We will see you at our next event. And now, back to the show. I want to
3: put this in perspective, right? And This is somebody, if you're listening to this, right? uh, And if you've ever thought about multifamily, bigger multifamily, this, compare these numbers, right? So let's just say, I'll take the first hundred houses owned, Mm -hmm. right? First hundred houses owned that you and I um, basically own. In the first hundred houses, number one would be is purchase, rehab, and refinance. How much money do you think out-of-pocket you and I both have in the first 100 houses that we own? Nothing, zero. Zero, right? Yeah. In relation to the loan that is on it, right, loan owed, and the equity in it, how much loan on an average is there if you average out the first 100 houses? In today's
0: numbers? In today's numbers. So, like, last 10 years, we are paying the mortgages. So, we are down to maybe loan-to-value ratio of somewhere into 40%.
3: 40%, right? And mind you, this never taking a penny for personal use, right? And I genuinely believe in this, right? People are well, couldn't you live off of this? Well, sure. Guys, tomorrow, if it's needed, sure, of course. But the point has always been, right? We're in our 40s, right? Um, And why would you go take the money and plunder it? I mean, that's just the philosophy again, right? And I like expensive toys, just like the next guy, right? I mean, I love expensive toys, but my belief has always been, I'm gonna earn that money. I'm not going to spend my cash flow. A lot of times, uh, if you've seen a YouTube sh- uh, video or any of the uh, videos that I make, a lot of times it's like, oh my God, the Rolls Royce you know cost me uh, nine houses or whatever. Right? I- understand, I'm saying that for the video. I am not using my cash flow for the airplane, for all this stuff. We do not use the cash flow. And this is an important point. Yeah. If you want to build wealth, you want to be built wealthy, Right? meaning you want to have a huge net worth and you want to have huge cash flow. You cannot go plunder your cash flow. Right, That's what a lot of people do, but I don't believe in it. Right? So that was number one. So you would say about 40% uh, loan to value yeah. Right, in terms of so you have almost 60% equity in these properties. Yes. Right. Okay. So now somebody would say, Rahul, that, man, I wouldn't do it that way. I would go big. Right. I would go, you know, you're basically, you have equity rich, I would take that money out and go buy big multifamily. I mean, because if, if we wanted to, right, right, we could go cash out another couple million bucks and go buy a seven, $8 million building, huh. right, a complex uh, just between you and I, right? Do you feel that was a mistake that we did not do that today looking back at it?
0: Uh, I want to say like, we didn't use the money uh, which we could have, which we started doing now. At least for myself, like I am taking money out now. Finally, when I we started building in Florida, sure. So all the Florida houses which I'm building are coming from this cash flow, which was which was not there before, which was not. I, yeah, yeah I, but I hold on, like I want to correct years.
3: that. You're not taking out money. No, I'm not to, taking out money for personal purposes. No, no it's, you're g- taking out money to build more.
0: Right. Right. Okay. But to to answer your question, uh, we looked at a lot of these things and. Uh, we failed at one of the, one or two projects too. Like we took money out, and we not money out, but we started doing venturing out into different model, which we don't have enough enough resources or knowledge or whatever that might be, and it failed. Right, so a cigar, every, store, right? cigar store, right, cigar store. So every time we try to do that, so will multifamily will work for it. I, I, I'm not sure. We never tried it. I would rather keep doing this thing. I'm just, if, how much boring it might sound, but. If I look at the numbers, the single family house market and and the amount of support or capital investment you had to do to do that, it always works out, works out for me. Can I do 160 uh, build town, uh, like a 160 door building or a multifamily or not? It's not in my control. I like to have control on the things. And those big projects, you might not have a full control. You need to have a bigger team, bigger thing. So that's not for me. Got but it. for me, it may, might be just doing this on ongoing. Got it.
3: So, and this is something, I mean, this is a, another one of those things. One day uh, in the other airplane, I don't know where we were going, right? Um, and sure I, was telling, uh, I was telling Rahul that I'm like, listen, man, you, you know, I mean, a lot of us for maybe for you as a listener listening, right? A lot of us want to basically make our parents proud, right? I'm like, uh, dude, you know, can you imagine his father passed away a few years ago? And I'm like, can you imagine... Uh, you know, coming from India, right? I wanted my son to be engineer, right? That's the proudest moment for a father uh, that you come from very, very humble beginnings. And this is true for, doesn't matter if you grew up here, if you're an immigrant, this is true for all of us, right? Uh, because most of us don't come from, you know, you don't, we don't have family fortunes. And uh, like, can you imagine that uh, you're sitting in an airplane, right? That, uh, that basically was built after coming to America. This whole thing, Right. And he's like, man, it's like, I don't know if my father would have even understood, right. right, what this really meant, but this is, it goes a long way. And I'm like, Rahul, regardless, right, your kids are going to end up with 30 million, 40 million just in net worth, just because. He's like, you think so? Then he calculates it after real He's like, yeah, you're right. Right. And the question becomes this, and this is something you have to ask yourself, right? Guys, what is enough? Right. My belief is, listen, We'll get to 50, 60 million. That's just what it is. Hopefully, we'll all live to be a nice, ripe old lady. We keep doing the boring thing. We'll get there without really doing a whole lot. We just have to just keep doing what we've been doing. Or somebody will say, no, I need 150. I need 200. And I'm willing to take the risks associated with it. So that's the question, right? Are you willing to take those kind of risks associated with it? We're taking small risks. We're building in Florida. But if somebody says, oh, my God, you can build a subdivision. Are you willing to do that today versus maybe grow into it in the future?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm ready for it maybe right now because after 10, 12 years of this uh, investing and uh, going through the real estate and going up and down, I have enough confidence uh, in, the, in the model of real estate, investing in real estate. So if something, a good project comes, comes along and uh, something which I can, uh, I can do, yeah, absolutely, I'll be looking into it. But I won't live what I'm doing right now.
3: Right, I'm, you just keep the boring model right. uh, going, and then you start building on right. the side. That is okay. Right, got it. Okay, right. great. So that makes uh, you know perfect sense. So now, if I ask cash flow question, right, in terms of on an average, right, every single single family property zero invested in the deal, mm-hmm. right, even the multifamilies that we own, every single month, right, um, after the rehab is done. What do they yield
0: every single month per door? Uh, the net or, net. or the, way, the way people calculate it is uh, after your, all the fixed costs, I think it should average somewhere into like 500 to 550 a door. A door,
3: a door. right? A door. And that's net every single month. So if you right. look at our portfolio, so basically the math is simple. If you own 10 single family properties, you need to net a minimum of 500 per door. So that would be 5,000 bucks, 5, right? So now, and this is a reality that a lot of times people don't understand. So people say, well, if you have a hundred doors, you should net 50,000, right. 100% agreed. Guys, think about this, right? We have close to 99% collection rate, right? right? 98.5 to 99, because we don't have tenants generally that are there for a year. We have tenants that are there. We sign two to three year leases minimum, right? That's minimum lease. So, tenants typically are 5.8 to 6 years, ballpark, right? right? So, we don't have tenant turnover, and we have very good collections, even through corona, right? Um, uh, But if you have 100 houses, even though you have perfect payments, you may collect, say, 49, 49, 49.5 net, Mm -hmm. right? But you're going to have, like, now 10 years. It's been 10 years on these properties. Are there realities of expenses that come up? Right now, you're going through that cycle. Yeah, so, right? like, so now, explain that.
0: So, when the properties were set up, they were set up right. So, we did all the capital investment, we did everything. But now, with the 10 years in service, even if the tenants are good, that we're taking good care of the properties, it's just the wear and tear on the property. So, now we are going through a second uh, stage or second round of small rehab. So, whenever the property comes vacant, now we have to spend maybe five, six, seven, eight thousand, a little bit more than a normal turnover. So now that's going to get into your cash flow. So protecting that cash flow becomes more important now because of the bigger bills. Sometimes you have to pay. We just replaced like two roofs on the on the big buildings, and that's the that's the thing with the four four flats or three flats. We end up spending like eighteen to twenty thousand dollars just to replacing the the roof and the uh, and, and a siding on that. So there are big expenses will come on big properties, but at the same time on smaller properties, it will it will still cover the The cash flow when you have like number of properties going there, you have some properties are coming through after ten years of round. So we are having those capital investments right now. That's the problem. That's the that's the thing. That's why we don't make that fifty thousand every month.
3: Right. So now moving forward, right? um, That if you look at the properties, so we've owned all these properties for a long time. Now what we could have done was we could have sold a bunch of these and say, hey, Rahul, the deal was that we split the equity 50-50 at the time of sale, we split the cash flow 50-50 at the time of sale because we have a mature portfolio, right? You'd make millions, I'd make millions, uh, would pay hundreds of thousands, if not a million in taxes, you know? Yeah. And it, it just, it wouldn't be worth it, right, right? right? So now, have you thought about, like you're building in Florida, I'm building in Florida, right? You're buying a lot of properties here. Have you thought about, say, taking some of the smaller townhouses, some of the smaller condos, maybe doing a 1031 exchange out of them, dumping that profit. So you take 50% of that, I take 50% of that, and we dump the profit into Florida on a 1031. So we're not um, losing any of the tax benefits, and we're just carrying it forward. And now we get to
0: have our cake and eat it
3: too. Has that
0: thought ever crossed your mind? Yeah, because uh, for any business, I guess, with real estate especially, you're depreciating your products. So once you, once you start depreciating to save the taxes, not save taxes, we are deferring the taxes because you're depreciating the property. Now, once you sell that asset, that, that all depreciation is going to come back and you will lose all your savings, which you have done for the last, whatever, 7, 8, 10 years. So the best way is to transfer that cash into, the, into a better property. So like I said in, in the starting, the whole point right now is to make it robust. So sell off the properties, which doesn't make sense or doesn't make, uh, the, the long-term business doesn't follow the, the principles of the initial properties. So sell those to the 1031, get the better assets which you're never going to sell. Uh, for real estate, I think my belief is if you're selling the real estate, that means you're losing something. You have to just keep the real estate and just give it to the next generation and they can, hopefully they can put another...
3: Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully it. they can basically multiply, multiply what you property, have built right? right? and hopefully they live to be have productive lives. And it's not necessarily they're going to spend every penny. Hopefully in their own manner, they get to contribute and they get to, you know, it's like those things. If your father, you know, if you have big shoes to fill, hopefully you can fill them and make them even bigger so that the next generation has a better example to follow and to have a better productive life. Because beyond a certain amount of money, what are you going to do? What kind of car are you going to drive? What kind of food are you going to eat? Right, Uh, you can only do so much before it becomes into a debauchery. Right, Uh, you have to live productive life. So, talking about that, as we kind of wrap up today, um, you get you're a part of mastery. You're part of building that foundation for mastery, um, and you get to help coach, um, you know, walk other people through the journey that you've had. Uh, What impact has that had in terms of business for you? In terms
0: of learning? and is that fulfilling in some way for you absolutely I means like i guess like you said how many properties you can buy like where to stop uh, people ask me ask me that question you have 100 properties 150 properties now what's next it's buying a property is just becomes a part of life that's that's just the one thing but you don't you actually get pleasure when you're helping somebody else and that and that's where my coaching job comes into picture is like i like pe- i like to Give my knowledge to somebody, and so that they will make less mistakes, and they can build their portfolio at a much faster and and better way. So that is what is gives you more more appreciation from their side. Saying it, when they said you made change my life, that actually means something. Right. That actually has a more impact than okay, I bought two prop- Uh So for me, it's 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 definitely working out in a sense that. I am actually helping some people or helping a few people of whatever I learned through this journey of mine to come place 100 plus properties and giving them a chance to start their own portfolio and get to that level.
3: Got it. So because I mean, a lot of it, a lot of times, right? A lot of times people are like, well, do you do charity? Do you do this? Do you do that? I'm not, I don't understand it. Maybe I'm not that mature at that level. I genuinely feel that everybody is gifted in some way, right? I always believed that, uh, hey, if I'm doing something, I was so excited about it, I wanted to share it, right? Because I was just so excited. And Rahul's like, what are you going to do with it, man? You tell all these people what you do early on. And, and I was like, I don't know, man, this is so exciting. Everybody needs to know about it, right? I mean, I was just thrilled that I had something to say, right? I mean, it was really not because I was monetizing it. There was no mastery. There was nothing. It was just exciting that, oh my God, right? Um, anything that you look at today and say, oh my God, we should have acted upon this. I should have, could have, would have, that now you wish that you would have personally, or we as a business would have taken advantage of that, that you look back now?
0: I think for both of us, the way we acted on all this thing is like, do it yourself. Right. If we could have done it like in a sense that actually sit down and come up with like, uh, a, a business model and give the, give the task out to people and teach them how to do what we do initially, we could have gone to maybe 300, 400 properties. Uh, so I think that's automation or actually getting people involved in our business and growing the business faster. That's something we started too late. That's so, the one thing.
3: You know, one mistake, I mean, I feel, and this is a growth process, right? That sometimes we hired people that we liked, right. Right, that we believed and that we trusted. And then even when we saw signs, we let them go because we let emotions, because I mean, literally, when I started buying properties, it was just based on, hey, uh, Fred, man, this makes sense. Let's do it. Hey, Kevin, hey, Rahul. And all those relationships had worked out right. for me, right? That these were people who were like, okay, we have other things we're doing. Andrew, we trust you. And I tried to do my best thing. But I took that and I carried it forward and uh, some people that we hired, right? And with a genuine thing to help and genuinely, oh my God, I'll treat you like my brother. Hopefully you get to grow and we get to grow. Um, You feel like that backfired or that was a learning lesson that happens to everybody? Because I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs go through that, right? Where we base it on emotions and it's not based on a logical business process.
0: No, absolutely. I think that backfired. Um, that was the main issue, I guess, for 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 hope, uh, not getting us to the growth levels which we could have gone. Um, it's the it's the it's the difference between or the or the keeping yourself away from the uh, or the balance between a work and life. So your life partners or your life uh, friends are different versus your business are different, and that separation is difficult. When it, when it's, it's a small business, a lot of people want to help, and you need to you need to help them back. And where to draw that line when they become employee versus they become a, a friend or a or a partner? That's a that's a big thing. I don't think it's an easy thing to do. And we we stretched it, I guess. Right. That's what I feel. Yeah. And, so
3: I mean, I think it's one of those lessons learned, right? right. It's expensive lesson learned. And, and now looking back at it, you can't beat yourself up. It is what it is, right? Um. So having said that, this has been an absolute pleasure for everybody that is listening. Hopefully, you too, in your life, uh, meet people. Develop relationships that are lifelong relationships, right? And uh, things will grow, things will change, li- people's lives will change. But yet, uh, you can't build it alone, right? This is a team sport uh, where you need cre- key relationships. We need key people, whether it be people that you partner with, whether it your people who are come to uh, you for a job. They're helping you as much as you're helping them. This is not a one-way street. It goes both ways because key people in your life, uh, be it employees, be it people who are business partners, are just as important because I certainly wouldn't be here had it been not for this relationship. Sure. So, Rahul, thank you very much. Uh, This has been a pure fun living back in the memories a little bit and getting to laugh about it a little (laughs) bit. Um, You know, having said that, guys, for everybody that's listening, please share the podcast. Please uh, invite your friends uh, to be a part of it. And remember, Uh, the whole idea of if you take care of real estate for the first five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. That literally started with conversations uh, with Rahul, which was like, oh my God, if we can just have three, four, five properties that are nice and set, we can pay them off. Rest of the life, we're set for our life. And literally, both of us can say this with a straight face. We're blessed, right? We're blessed because at least a very good lifestyle we don't have to worry about for the rest of our lives so
0: just to add on to this like my goal was two kids two properties pay their their, their tuition that became a hundred plus properties so what real estate can do for you it's amazing is as long as you have a knowledge you have a right uh, team with you you can make it happen so it happened for both of us and i without him i could have been here so like last 10 years are like a dream come true Uh, Like a lot of corporate people will uh, envy or they're really jealous of me because I could able to uh, quit my job and get full time and get the passive income to a level where I can actually uh, retire today. So uh, absolutely, it was a fun ride. And this conversation, sometimes we don't do it, but this was fun to talk to him with on on the podcast. All right,
3: guys. Thanks a bunch for joining and have a great day.
1: I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Cashflow for Life podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you are listening to us on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them, or post it on your social media to share with your friends. Achieving financial freedom is all about creating the necessary cash flow in your life. Our team has designed an entire ecosystem for you to be able to not only become a successful real estate investor, but for you to build higher cash flows month after month. Join our community at www.nationalreinvest.com to see which event is coming up that you can be a part of and how you can be a part of our community. Once again, it's www.nationalreinvest.com. We will see you on the next episode.